0: Hello, my wonderful friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you all are having an absolutely Fantastic day today and hope you guys enjoy the Hagman show that'll be airing. We had a very good recording with Doug and uh, we had to record it a little bit early, but went over a lot of different topics. Then I went into detail a lot of stuff that has been happening across the globe and including what's been going on right here in our backyard with Disney and some topics that has been going on with the Biden administration that I'll talk about later. One thing that I saw earlier that I found to be very interesting. Zero had just put out an article, and it's something that I've been kind of bringing up to everybody, and now it's obviously starting to become an issue. And it says why a freight recession is imminent, and it talks about basically discussing the aspects of how the major freight companies are going for the high load, high yield, high payout, and nobody's wanting to ship anything that basically doesn't generate A large amount of cash because simply the fuel has gotten so expensive and there's such a shortage of drivers that a lot of times certain things are just not wanting to basically show up. And I ran into this issue repeatedly, including on shipments that I've had to drive all the way up into North Orlando for to pick them up from FedEx facilities because FedEx would call me and say, Hey, by the way, your shipment is here, uh, but we don't have a driver to get out to Auburndale, So we'll get it there in, you know, like one to two weeks. And I'm like, guys, you're 45 minute hour drive away from me one way. What are you talking about two weeks to get it here? We just simply don't have a driver. And I told you guys this on one of the last food bucket orders I had. I had to take one of our guys in the back that helps me out with shipping and I had to grab my trailer and go all the way up to Orlando, load them up personally myself at the dock, at the FedEx facility and it was interesting when we got there, I told Rich because we pulled up in this FedEx facility and there are FedEx trucks everywhere, unhooked just parked in a giant parking lot, no operations at all. And there were only from what I saw about seven to eight FedEx trucks actually operating on the docks. The rest of it was a big, like almost annex parking lot with just tons of FedEx trucks just sitting there. no none of them moving. And I asked one of the guys who was putting it out on the forklift and we had to unload that off the forklift and put it in the trailer. I said, Dude, I said why you got trucks everywhere. What's going on? He said, we don't have any drivers. Who wants to drive? And FedEx is basically allocating all their main big shipments to the ones that are the, the largest volumes, and I said, wow, and now Zero Hedge is starting to call this out now, and they said the problem is capacity expansion always continues well past the peak and can continue for a time after the market has entered a recession. Now they're discussing basically the two-year and 10-year treasuries have now basically taken a dip. And this is basically – they've inverted, and they said stocks basically are showing that we're probably going to be entering a recession next year, while at the same time you have the BlackRock CEO, President Rob Cabido, who I've told you guys is very interesting. This is the CEO of BlackRock, the $10 trillion firm, asset firm, is basically saying that we're about to start seeing what is called scarcity inflation which means exactly what we've seen now in the automotive industry. Vehicles aren't available, so dealers start putting ten, twenty, dollars $30,000 addendums on them, meaning you can't get anything you want unless you want to pay absorbent prices over it, and it doesn't stop. And This is what we've run into now, what I've been hearing from GM, is that there's vehicles that have been manufactured, they're sitting there ready to go, but there's not enough drivers and not enough contractors to basically haul them around the country because nobody wants to do it for pennies on the dollar. Because fuel's at $5, 6 $7 a gallon For diesel in some areas Very interesting times that we're living in And this of course is starting to affect The food supply, which is why I have Repeatedly told everybody Make sure you hedge your bet on backup Food, whether you want to buy beans and rice And store them in Mylar, you want to buy Organic noodles and store them in Mylar You want to get the organic food buckets that we have And just set them and forget them, or the meat buckets Whatever it is, I highly Encourage people to start doing something This year and getting prepped, because remember the food is always the easiest way to control a populace every time throughout history all you got to do is read a history book this was very prevalent in the Soviet Union and the stuff that happened during that escapade. And same thing happened with the Bolshevik Revolution. Once you start controlling the food supply, it makes it very easy to make the populace do pretty much anything you want, especially at the beginning phases when food basically becomes a scarcity at the beginning phase and people can't get stuff. So continue to stay prep, my friends. Stay, Continue to get the truth out there and continue to stay strong. I know a lot of people continue to just have a difficult time sometimes. I get more and more people asking me about certain things like, hey, you know, what should I do with this? I'm stressed out. I'm like, dude, don't be stressed out. I said, this is not a boring time to be alive. This is a very interesting time to be alive. We're watching, you know, as sad as it is, watching the final phase of the United States. You know, this has been a world superpower. And we're watching basically the final phase of it. It's kind of like the people that were alive during the final phase of Rome. Very interesting time to be alive. There's no other way to look at it. You can sit around and lament and be sad, but, you know, for the most part... We've all had a pretty good run here in the United States, and you know, as they're starting to see these things come about, I saw an article now was very interesting from the uh, one of the girls at one of the ladies, I should say, at the um, World Economic Summit Forum, the World Government Forum that's over happening in Dubai right now, and this basically is in Abu Dhabi. And it's the World Government Summit. And she's discussing in detail about the change into a digital dollar. And this is interesting. This is one of her quotes she said yesterday. She said, we're on the brink of a dramatic change where we're about to, and I say boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. The new one, the new accounting, is what we will call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the entire economy, which will give us far greater clarity of what's going on. Now, the thing about this is when you hear blockchain, a lot of people think of Bitcoin. Well, that's pretty much the only thing this is going to have in common with Bitcoin is the blockchain technology, but it's not going to be independent. They want it to be completely and totally controlled by the central banks, not independent blockchain like Bitcoin, which is decentralized, which is the entire point of what they did. I don't know, and I've heard different theories of what they came about and invented the blockchain technology for, whether or not it was a CIA op to try to do a beta run beta test or if it was something that actually these guys really did and independently a few of them came together and said we want to be decentralized which i've heard numerous people that i know that have talked to these guys and basically said that's exactly what it is for the problem is now the central banks have realized blockchain technology isn't traceable as far as when it's decentralized and they want to go in now and use the same technology against us and make a digital realm that essentially everybody has to be tied into. That's why I've encouraged people to make sure you have things outside of the system because this platform isn't going to be something that can be put into place globally or even US-wide on a very quick basis. This is going to take a very, very long time to institute this. This isn't going to be you wake up one morning and all of a sudden it's up and on. Everything has to change with the way purchases are done, transactions are done. Every single thing has to change. And if more and more people continue to push back, and they support independent currency and silver and gold and even things like Bitcoin or Ethereum, stuff that's not controlled by central banks, and also cash and basically stores of wealth, it's going to make it much more difficult for them to go along with this. But if people just continue to support it, go along with it, and buy electric cars and Go along with the central banks. This thing's going to happen much, much faster than everybody anticipated. That's why I've encouraged you to be informed about your decisions on what you purchase and what you do. Know where your money's going and know where your investments are, whatever they choose to be. Know exactly what you're doing before you get involved in stuff. What do you think,
1: Deb? Uh, I think you're on point. Uh, here, I want to stop for one second because I had a little bit of clarity on this uh, yesterday after the show. You know, let's let's step through this for a minute. You know, Putin basically has the Ukraine, you know, stripped from the USSR way back when, nineteen ninety or so. And Ukraine basically fell by the CIA six years ago and the Nazis took over the western part of Ukraine, working together really with the oligarchs out of Russia who are almost all primarily Jewish, probably synagogue of Satan. They're probably not real Jews anyhow, they're probably synagogue of Satan, like the Bible says, probably Luciferians, and they're tied together with the World Economic Forum and so is Putin. Putin goes into Ukraine now and basically starts shelling. It goes in real slow, real gradual, trying not to kill civilians, right? Now we're seeing a scale back of that war over in Ukraine. And suddenly Putin says, I'm going to start selling my oil and my gas only in rubles. And the world goes, oh, my gosh. And Putin had almost a 40 percent drop in the value of the uh, ruble when the war started. And now it's back to where it was before the war started. But now he's only wanting to take and accept rubles for the purchase of his oil. All of this was done now, I believe, to destabilize the dollar. I believe Putin is working with the World Economic Forum, albeit in a very stressful manner sometimes for him. But I believe that this thing is orchestrating because remember, he graduated as a gra- graduate, 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 to whatever, from, with, from the World Economic Forum. And he and Klaus Schwab have appeared together many times on the same platform together. So. There's something else going on, because remember what Otto Kahn said. I'm quoting him again. They're controlling both sides of the narrative. Now, let's throw COVID into this. Suddenly, we have a world economic system that's going to go to a Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, kind of a blockchain technology. Personally, I believe the central banks allowed the Bitcoin technology to develop so they could look at it, examine it, study it do beta tests on it, find out where the cracks were in it, and find out how to maintain it. So when they implement this new world order with this cryptocurrency, with this Bitcoin, with this blockchain technology, they'll have most of the bugs ironed out of it. Or Biden said a few weeks ago, one of his speeches, the buffoon, God, this guy nauseates me. Uh, Basically, he said that, you know, that the worst is yet to come. (laughs) It's really nice when a leader tells you that. And, uh, you know, and so we've got this transition that's happening right now. And Austin's exactly right. They basically shut down the manufacturing of the United States to the point now because BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard control General Motors. They control Ford. They control Chrysler. They control everything. And so what they do is they just shut down the supply lines. And now we have a shortage of truck drivers, supposedly, which is probably true because very few, many, many of the truck drivers can no longer pass a drug test. Remember last year I was up at uh, the Biltmore State up in Asheville, that that weird place and i remember i was asking them because they had only had about one or two trams running and we had to like walk which is okay because i really enjoy walking anyhow about a mile to get there and i asked the guy i said where are all your trams he said we can't get drivers and i said why he says they can't pass the drug tests you know when you have a cdl you know commercial driver's license you have to take a drug test every so often because you're operating heavy equipment on the highways and they don't want you basically you know causing an accident and crashing and killing somebody he says we can't get people that are hooked on opiates or get, who are clean but we can't get anybody this guy's like 70 years old they had to go up to the retiree age bracket to find somebody remember this was done by purdue pharma owned by BlackRock, state street vanguard and you know in the sacrifice family when they pushed all of the opiates into the population they basically get 65 million people in the united states addicted to opiates now we have a huge population reduction in the united states because of the injections they've been given and the death rates that i believe are much higher than they're telling us and now we have this population of people who basically are blue-collar workers which is great because i was a blue-collar worker for many years i mean i was a construction guy i i hung sheetrock i did roofing i laid shingles i can do all that stuff i was i was a finished carpenter I was a framer i can do all that i mean i was i worked with black guys and there's nothing wrong with that it's really good work and it's real hard work but the problem is if those people also are getting to a situ- into a situation where they're addicted to opiates, um, they can't really work anymore. They're kind of they're kind of stuck if they're addicted to alcohol or opiates, or their health goes to pot because it's just one of those things that people who have to work physically their entire life, if they don't take care of themselves, they ex- their, their aging process accelerates very very quickly. And, and now we've got Fauci coming out and telling us we need a fourth and fifth booster. You know, we thought this cockroach had gone away because the ukraine war started but what they did is they just gave us they gave us a break is what they did they decided to give us a break and allow us to take a breath you, i did that on the show the other day when austin was talking and he got into a real dark topic i came back and i started talking about did adam and eve have a belly button <laughs> this is on Wednesday show and i did that on purpose because once you get to a really 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 dark topic You can't deal with it very long from from a conscious standpoint. It starts to overwhelm you. Remember when Mel Gibson did the movie, the temptation there was um the 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 Christ movie he did. Forgot the name of it. And he did that movie, and he had the picture of Jesus being flogged and beaten. And he kept going, stopping that video that he break the scene and go back to when Jesus was a little boy talking to his mom or teaching in the synagogue. And he would go back and forth. And when they ask him, why did you do that? He says, you can't handle that. He said, it's too much. You've got to break it up. Well, that's what we try to do on this show. We try to bring you some levity every once in a while because it just gets to a point where it becomes overwhelming. That's why I always talk to you about Jesus. Number one is he's the most important person in my life and God's the most important person in my life. And my most important time of the day is when I pray in the morning for you and pray for my family. And and so, you know, when we go back to Jesus and we think on the good things, It brings us up it lifts us up because we realize that we can do all things through christ who strengthens us if all we do is go negative negative negative. i was on with a host the other day and he goes we have no hope we're done we're doomed (laughs) i started laughing i said that's not true and i really like this guy he's a good friend and i said to him i said it's not true i said we have jesus now i said i said to him i said without jesus (laughs) we're doomed and that's a fact if you don't have Christ in your heart living through you, you know, and you can't see the clarity. Remember, I told you a few weeks ago that the vast majority of the people that are awake who see the truth and understand it are Christians. But then you have that whole segment of Christians who've made Donald Trump their God, their Messiah. I kid you not. They, that's they worship Donald Trump. They worship him, and it's all about Trump. And they, they they refuse to see that he said he wanted to be the most positive homosexual president ever. You know, in office, they refuse to see operational warp speed. They refuse to see basically seizing weapons and black and red flag gun laws. They refuse to see that his daughter is a practicing, you know, kabbalist witch. They they refuse to see all of this stuff, okay? Because they don't want to see it. Because their life is not focused on Christ; it, it's focused on trying to get a solution for the mess we're in when we've already given been given a solution with Jesus. See, so there's no such thing as a as a physical or political solution to a spiritual problem. That's the, the what we have here in the United States. We have a spiritual problem, spiritual rot, because we left worshiping the most high God through Christ to the blood covenant that God gave us through Jesus, and we've walked away from that and we've allowed politicians to take everything over who are completely and totally corrupt. We see that constantly, who have been taken over by the CIA, MI6, Mossad, Jeffrey Epstein, Jislayne Maxwell, and these politicians didn't pass this legislation which is absolutely awful. I saw a very interesting meme this morning and there's a picture of Fauci as the Grim Reaper and Sharon's going to post this on the on the, on the S.T. Brower account on Instagram. Fauci's the Grim Reaper. He's got a sickle with, a, with blood dripping off of it and little Billy is there. He's like five years old and he's got a little baseball hat on and he's wearing a mask. He's about to suffocate. He's sweating. He's unbelievably scared and nervous and he's playing a game. He's got a wheel, like a Wheel of Fortune game in which he's got a needle he has to spin and it's going to stop on a variety of different topics on the spin board and he's scared to death because here are his topics. Number one, death, Bell's Palsy, blood clots, DNA damage, paralysis, myocarditis, allergic reactions, guillain bar, thrombosis, sterility, stroke. Those are his choices. OK, so I guess he's hoping for an allergic reaction. <laughs> OK, but those are his choices. and He's all stressed out. And Fauci says to him, make it a good spin, Billy. Make it a good spin, Billy. And he's being basically put out in front of us as the Grim Reaper. And that's who he is and what he is. And then we have Ron DeSantis, who I'm really, really starting to like. And I'm not sure what to do with him because there's pictures of him, you know, at the Wailing Wall. And he's made it illegal in the in the state of Florida to basically not do business with Jewish corporations, or, or basically you lose all your government contracts. I, and I'm and I'm so I'm so I'm so twisted as far as way I think about him because I really really like this guy. So I don't know if he's just playing politics because he doesn't want to have to fight. The you know <laughs> these Israeli lobbies that are so powerful, the, you know the Israeli you know these these huge groups with forty fifty thousand people like APAC, the American Israeli Political Action Committee, or if he doesn't want to have to fight, you know all of the money from the banks coming after him. But now he is he and Disney down here in Florida. If you guys have been paying attention, they're having a massive sparring match. See, when, when Disney got started back in the '60s, like fifty years ago, here in the United States, Walt Disney was smart. He came up and he made Disney World self governing. In other words, it's kinda of like the Vatican. <laughs> it's kinda of like, you know, DC. You know, it's kinda of like, you know, these the, the little group, you know, in England that basically the bankers in downtown England that basically don't have to listen to the laws of England. He, he made it like a little it was made like a little individual state inside of our state that wasn't subject to the laws. They come in there all of the time. And they dredge wetlands, <laughs> it's, guys. It's unbelievable. If you try to dredge wetlands in in anywhere else in the state of Florida, if you get it done, uh, it's almost impossible. And if you don't get it done, you know, if you try to do it basically illegally, they're gonna put you in prison for years. But Disney just pretty much does whatever they want. They constantly are dredging. That I mean that whole thing was built on a swamp over there. That's why there's so many lakes because they drain everything back into the lakes. But they're allowed to do that. They have their own power grid. They have their own police station. They're like their own governing body. Now, DeSantis is saying – and he is talking about repealing of Disney's world special self-governing status in Florida because he's had enough because DeSantis and Disney have recently sparred over a controversial parental rights bill. Okay, Florida's Republican governor, Ron DeSantis – this is from Fox – addressed on Thursday the suggestion of repealing a 55 year old state law that allows disney to effectively govern itself on the grounds of Walt Disney World following the company's public opposition to a controversial parental rights law in florida what i would say as a, this is his quote what i would say as a matter of first principle is i don't support special privileges in law just because a company is powerful and they've been able to wield a lot of power DeSantis said during a press conference in West Palm Beach, Florida, on Thursday. Disney has been engaged in a war of words with Republicans in Florida leading up to Monday's signing of the controversial bill which prohibits classroom instructions on sexual orientation, showing pictures of boys having sex and making out together, four-year-old boys, and gender identity with children in third or younger grade in a manner that's not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. In other words, they're showing the children pornography. DeSantis shows that no, they're not going to do a gay porn, and so now Disney goes after them because 70% of the employees at Disney were gay. Now, remember, Disney's also owned by State Rock, BlackRock, and Vanguard. The same bloodline families that owned everything through that computer system that's basically acquired everything that Aladdin system basically owns this corporation now. DeSantis referenced a bill reigning in big tech that Republicans were working through the legislature last year when Disney added a carve-out at the 11th hour for theme parks. What? He goes, I'm thinking to myself, this is ridiculous, he said. Honestly, it was embarrassing. The continued, I think what has happened is there's a lot of these special privileges that are not justifiable, but because Disney's held so much sway, they were able to sustain a lot of special treatment over the years. The says that Disney has lost a lot of pull. That they used to have over the company's reaction to the parental rights law and said he thinks that's a good thing for our state because the state should be governed by the best interests of the people and not by Disney World. I would say any privileges that are in law, I would like to get rid of it generally. I'm going to repeat that. Quote his, his sentence. I would say any special privileges that are in law, I would like to get rid of generally. The sentence added I think this is a particular case with Disney. I just don't think you have very many people in the legislature anymore who are going to be able to defend a lot of what has been done over the many years to really have them almost govern themselves in the sum of these things. That was probably never appropriate to start with, but it's certainly not appropriate now at this point because what Disney did, he basically came to the state carved out his little realm before he started buying up all the land and told the state, because Disney World in California was huge back in the 60s already, Disneyland, and he's going to build this giant theme park was going to bring all these people to Florida as a tourist attraction. So the state revenue was going to go way through the roof because of sales tax revenue. So what they did, they negotiated this before, before Disney moved here. Well, now all of a sudden, they're trying to run the state of Florida. And the census says, no, it's not going to happen. He goes Florida HB 1557, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, should never have passed. It should no, excuse me. Disney released a statement slamming the legislation. This is what Disney said after DeSantis signed it. This Florida HB 1557, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, no, it's not. The gays said that should never have been passed. It should never have been signed a law. Disney said, Who are these people? Why do they think they can say that? Oh, that's right, they're owned by BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, and they've got Club 33 in the beginning, right? Our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed. So they're telling the the state of Florida that it should be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts. And we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that. We are dedicated to standing up for the rights and the safety of the, the, the queers and the members of the Disney family as well as the other queers in Florida and across the country. I mean, gosh, guys, this is a direct affront against the children of the state of florida and the children of the world with now buzz lightyear coming in disney's been around for almost a hundred years you know when original they started drawing the mickey mouse cartoons etc cetera, etc cetera. and they basically were so careful with their name they came up with touchstone studios back in the 80s and the 90s because if they came in with a pg-13 movie they didn't want the disney's name associated with it this is how careful they were as far as maintaining that brand image Years ago, I met a guy named Ken. He was, I met him through a friend of mine who was named Merrill Eikenberger, who's since passed him, to, and he's with the Lord. And, and what was interesting about this is Ken worked for Disney, and he drew characters of basically Mickey Mouse, et cetera, et cetera. He was like a, a corporate artist, and he was so careful with the image. He was not even allowed to draw pictures of Mickey Mouse or cartoons of Mickey Mouse outside of the Disney corporate structure, period. In other words, I asked him one time to draw a sketch one time of Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or whatever it was for Austin, which he had the perfect ability to do. I've seen it at his work. He said, I can't do it. That's how careful Disney was with her image. The problem is now 70 percent of the people that who work there are homosexuals. It's just, it, it is what it is. And I, I don't I don't particularly care about that. But now but they got so much weight, and so much power, because if they don't show up to work one day, the theme park's going to close down. That's just the bottom line. And this transgender group, this hermaphroditic group that basically worships Lucifer at the highest levels and probably worships something that kind of looks like that entity on Fantasia, uh, they're in a situation where they want to bring in their transgender agenda and their homosexual agenda to basically bring honor and glory to their sixth snake god. So they're all turning, they've all turned, they've all been a bunch of satanic weirdos. Now they're also pushing the satanic weirdo perverted stuff on the whole population of the United States and the world. And I'm going to say it again, and this is so important. And I've been slamming Disney all week. Why are you giving them money? Hmm? Why are you watching ABC? ABC is owned by Disney. Why are you watching that channel? You know why? Why are, why are you having anything to do with these clowns? Why are you supporting them in any way whatsoever? Why are you watching any of their programming or any of their channels? Go look up what they own and what they do and how much TV they control already. They're a huge conglomerate. They're they're monstrous. Okay, and. Just stay – don't don't go to their theme parks. I told you the other day I went to – I, I was going to get some ice cream there the other day, which wasn't owned by Disney. It's Jared but it's on their property. They tried to put me through that whole pat-down mess, and I just walked out. I said, I'm done. I've had enough of all of this now because I thought, why am I even here? Why am I even on the property? If I'm going to go eat at Jared I'm going to go help Jared to pay the rent. I'm not going to do that either because they're going to give the rent money to Disney. It's all connected because it's all fungible. I'm done with all of it. Austin's done with it, but I want to cover that with you today. I want to talk about why Putin did what he did. Now the ruble's strong, dollar's much much weaker than it was. We're watching the decay and the collapse of the petrodollar and the United States dollar as the reserve currency of the world. They're doing it in real slow motion so they don't panic everybody. But guys, I bought a truck last year. It took four. I mean, I bought it. I signed all the paperwork. You know, did all the all the paperwork on it. I owned it. They didn't take my trade. It took four months. I got to drive my trade for four months. But guys, you know, think about it for a second. If you're making a four or five or six hundred dollar payment on a truck, and you don't even get it for four months, and you're still having to pay the bank, that's not cool. But this is what's happened. Austin ordered a vehicle last summer. It's still not here. I mean, it's been almost a year. And and I and I talked to one of my my good friends who's in the car business the other day. And he says he says the pipeline is just shut down. Now, General Motors, they've got huge abilities to manufacture anything. Their their, their, their assembly lines are monstrous. What are they making? Are the people still working up there? Are they retooling the entire assembly line to run electric vehicles through it? What's going on? Something's wrong. And, again, they're shutting down the economic world engine to basically slow down the velocity of money to prevent the dollar from hyperinflating. But, guys – they, we have we, – when the, when the, when the, like Austin, when we covered it a minute ago, when the CEO of BlackRock starts coming in and starts talking about supply line breakdowns and shortages and everything, it's like G. Edward Griffin said when they were doing the chemtrails years ago. He wrote that whole story on it, that whole video on it. He said it's all about controlling the food supply. And Bill Gates, another BlackRock State Street vanguard weirdo, he basically goes in and starts buying up all the farmland. The guys, we're in for a wild ride. That's why I say to you, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Treat one another with love and with respect. Officer, what do you think? No, oh, yeah, I think you're spot
0: on. That was an excellent segment. And I've I've repeatedly said this for years now, and now I think finally people are starting to get the gist. I've said this and I've held true to it. The whole reason they're shorting the vehicle market right now is they're trying to drive the price up as high as they can in order to make electric vehicles look more, more desirable, much more desirable than they are. Electric vehicles have no business in this current economic climate, in this industrial country. They're cool as a novelty item, like the same if you would buy an old Ferrari or if you buy some type of exotic car you drive on the weekend. They're cool for that. But actual true long-term living and driving and traveling, they're useless Especially when you got to go to a charging station and sit there for an hour, hour and a half, even on some of the hyper stations for 30, 40, 50 minutes and charge up. I mean, every 300 miles, you got to stop for 45 minutes and charge up. And remember, it's not free to charge. Everybody has this concept like, oh, it's free. I just go plug in. I looked at the thing when I was last time in Orlando. They had the hyper stations over there. To do a full hypercharge with 30 to 40 minutes on a test. This is what it was in Orlando. I don't know where it is in other parts of the country. It was around $40 to fill up. And I'm sitting there going, okay, so i got to sit here for 30 to 40 minutes, spend $40 to charge my car so I can go 300 miles, or I can drive a Toyota Corolla which gets 40 miles a gallon and it's going to cost me about $60 to fill up a tank on a Corolla right now and it's going to take me about 400 miles and I can fill the thing up in about five minutes. It's the cost-effectiveness. There's no ROI on an electric vehicle. When you look at a Corolla that's $22,000, $20,000 for a nice Corolla, and an EV vehicle that's $50,000 plus, what they're trying to do is drive the price of the vehicles up so the EV vehicles don't seem so cost-prohibitive and make everybody think, well, it's a really good idea to go buy one of the electric vehicle to plug in my house. Because remember, they don't give you a charging station when you buy those cars. you got to spend another $2,000, $3,000 to put in your house. Then you got to deal with the electric bill in the house going up. If you try to plug it into a regular, you know, wall mount, it takes days sometimes, you know, at least half a day to charge up a full car. It's not conducive. Not to mention the lithium strip mining is so pollutive, it's insane. They want to have the EV vehicles to continue to control the market and reduce people traveling so they can control where they go and they take mass transit more easily. That's the overall goal. And Dad said something earlier about Disney. I'm very, very supportive of them losing their charter or whatever type of amendment they have that makes them basically an island in the state of Florida. I've never liked that idea at all, that one single controlled entity has the ability to not follow any type of laws or regulations in the rest of the state of Florida that we actually do. Like he said, I've been over to Disney back in the day where they've been dredging out huge parts of Swamp to build another resort. They just do it. Dave's like, hey, by the way, we need approval from uh, from Swift Uh Sure, you guys got it. Do whatever you want over there, because it's basically, like I said, it's like an island. They do whatever the heck they want. And now I found out yesterday. I talked about it on the. I was all brought up on the Hagman Show. Disney CEO Bob Chapek has now come out now and doubled down, and said that they are now going to be building a task force, a task force. This is what he said: a task force to make. LGBTQ content for children and families. He goes on to say, We know the moment requires urgency, so we're taking actions right now. One of those actions involves releasing a statement of apology and contrition for past actions, as well as a special task force to develop action plans to make more LGBT-aware content for children. It is clear this is not just an issue about a bill in Florida, but instead another challenge to basic human rights. Disney said it has established a LGBTQRS TUZWXYZ, probably throw a P in there too, because that's where they're going with the pedophiles. Be led by Paul Roeder. The company said the task force will seek out experts to develop a concrete plan to ensure Disney is a force for good for the gay community, especially children. <laughs> I'm not, even, I don't even know how to respond to that statement. Meanwhile, Disney continues to do business in China. Massive billions of dollars in China, despite the communist country's maraud of human rights abuse all the way from genocide to ethnic cleansing in China, like they're a good country. And then at the same time now, you have the Biden administration that is now going to make the X gender mark on all airlines, federal travel programs and passports. I talked about that shortly yesterday. And on top of that, they're going to endorse transgender youth sex change operations. Yes, I kid you not, the administration just released a series of documents encouraging gender reassignment surgery and hormone treatment for minors. It is entitled the Department of Health Human Services Office of Population Affairs released a document Thursday titled Gender Affirming Care and Young People. It's described what it calls appropriate treatments for transgender adolescents including top surgery to create male typical chest shape or enhanced breast, bottom surgery including surgery on genitalia or reproductive organs, facial feminization and other procedures. That is a quote by the way from the HHS documents and another quote released medical and psychosocial gender affirming health care practices have been demonstrated to yield lower rates of adverse mental health outcomes build self-esteem and improve overall quality of life for transgender youth for transgender non-binary children and adolescents early gender affirming care is crucial the document goes on to assure that the public that the use of gender affirming methods including surgery and hormone replacement therapy are not child abuse Most likely in response to the policy decision in Texas that made such treatments illegal, which they should be. The very fact that we're having a discussion about allowing minors to go in and start cutting genitalia off their person because they're confused by the unbelievably aggressive indoctrination propaganda that they've been forced to watch and listen to for the last 10 years, 12 years in the public school system is absolutely atrocious to me. And Then Joe Biden publicly got behind Transgender Day yesterday. And basically came out and said, we're transgender Americans continue to face discrimination, harassment, and bears to opportunity. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you guys a lesson in business right now. If anybody has been in business, if anybody's run a company, you guys are going to know what I'm about to say is very true. If you haven't run a company, listen to me for a second and I'm going to give you guys a little bit of intel. Discrimination, harassment, and bears to opportunity for somebody that is just transgender is complete and total false. If somebody is deciding in themselves that they want to be involved in something in the privacy of their own homes, that is completely their choice. Now, what we've run into now is these groups, they want everybody else to operate in their fantasy. They don't operate in normal reality. They want to go in and have their purple hair with their facial piercings and their shirts to say, I'm a tranny or whatever shirts they want to have and tell you that you have to call them their specific pronouns and, quite frankly... If somebody goes into a job interview and I'm basically hiring them and they have a good resume and they walk in and they've got tattoos all over their face and they've got nose piercings in and they've got purple hair and they come in and say, they don't even be transgender. They just be completely normal. But they decide to get facial tattoos and 50 piercings on their face. and They go, hey, I've got my application here. I've got, you know, resume. I'm qualified. I want to be your face of the marketing company here at Health Masters. I'm going to look at them and go, Dude, you got like 50 tattoos on your face, and you got another half a dozen piercings everywhere. Well, yeah, but you can't discriminate me against that. No, I don't, but I also have the right not to hire you because you don't go along, and you're not representing what my company represents. The vast majority of companies don't like that. They don't want to have somebody come in with facial tattoos all over their face making them look like a thug. Now, if you have tattoos, I'm not picking on you. Don't care. I don't care about tattoos. Tattoos do not bother me at all from a personal standpoint. I've seen people, and I have friends. Covering tattoos, full sleeves, all the way down. Don't care. A lot of them are good people. But when you're representing a company, that's a hindrance to what you can do and what you can't do. And when you're going out and you're telling people, I want you to hire me even though I want to run around with purple hair and I want to tell everybody that my pronouns are 50 different words. And if you call me anything other than those pronouns, I'm going to fall on the floor kicking and screaming, pitching a fit because you don't listen to what I say and you won't do my fantasy. That's a problem for the world and the business world. This is what people have to understand. If somebody wants to be involved in something, the privacy of their own home, that's their choice. What you do in public and what you do in business has consequences. It just does. We can sit around and pretend that it doesn't. We can have this debate and go on a carousel for 50 minutes about how it doesn't. If you walk into a job interview wearing a wife-beater tank top, your pants around your knees, your basically hair looks horrible, you have facial tattoos and facial piercings, and you walk in and say, hey, I want to be basically CFO of the company. This is what I'm applying for. I'm going to say, sorry, bud, you're really not fitting the recommendations of what we need for the company. It has nothing to do with me discriminating. It has everything to do with what's going to be the most beneficial from a business standpoint for a company. And if you want to act like a child and you want to dress like a child and you want to get facial piercings and you want to wear clothes that are inappropriate and you want to color your hair like a child, expect to get treated like a child. If you want to walk in in a nice suit and you got tattoos on your arms that are underneath your shirt – Nobody's going to say one single thing about you. If you're transgender and you walk in and you're well-dressed and you're apt-filling the part and you have some weird stuff you do at the house, that's on you. Here's the problem that I have with this entire situation now that has occurred. They want to do it for attention and demand that you accept it. That's what it's come down to now. If I walked up to you and I said, hey, my name's Austin Brower. I'm a white Christian heterosexual male. Nice to meet you. You'd look at me and go – Okay, what's what's your deal? What's the punchline? Oh nothing. I'm a white Christian heterosexual male. Is there anything I can help you out with? You go, uh that's kind of bizarre. Why are you why are you introducing yourself like that? Guys, it's the same way when you walk up and go, "My name is the shell." I'm a girl and my pronouns are by, try, hear, z, zum, zum zing and if you don't call me those, I'm gonna get mad and I'm gonna call you a basically pedophile or I'm gonna call you a excuse me a homophobe and I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna go to HR and tattle on you my response is going to be, you're not getting hired because your actions are not portraying what we want here. This concept is eluding this generation because they're so stinking entitled. This is what's going on right now and it has nothing to do with discriminating against somebody's personal preference of what they do in private. And it has everything to do with how they're presenting themselves in public and expecting people to accept it. So I hope I can clarify some of that with this entire weirdness that's been going on now. I don't have anything against anybody. Now, you start coming at me again like I told you, and you start saying that I I don't have a right to free speech, but you do. There's rules for me, but not for thee. You can say everything you want to me and demand I have to do everything you say. But as soon as I say I don't agree with what you say, now all of a sudden I'm a homophobe. Now all of a sudden I'm a racist. All of a sudden I'm a neo-Nazi because I don't agree with what you're saying and you don't agree with what I'm saying. How does that work? This is where it's going right now. It's not about accepting them or discriminating against them, or basically harassing them or barriers to entry. It's everything about you going in and living in their fantasy and accepting their fantasy, and you cannot say anything about anything that they're doing at any point in time, even if it goes against your morals, ethics, or business ethics that are in the code of conduct with your company. That is where this is headed right now, and that is why they're pushing this so aggressively hard, because they're going for the children understand that my friends and dad's exactly right once you start realizing where they're headed for this and what they're going after you get a real clear understanding also to another news as we're starting to see here now i found this article earlier it was on strange sounds they said the exodus from liberal cities in the u.s is gaining speed they said new york Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Chicago are the top metro outlets that people are leaving in droves. And you would guess believe where they're going. The top main places that they're coming, Sarasota, Florida, Miami, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Dallas-Fort Worth, Austin, Texas, and Phoenix, Arizona imagine that everybody in their failed cities that they've imagined to ruin over the years with their failed policies and their unbelievably liberal democratic individual representatives are now coming to the states that maintain the most amount of freedom during the pandemic, Texas and Florida. I've noticed now when I drive around, obviously, I've had people come here now and visit me from all over the country. And every time they come here, they go, what's up with your traffic, dude? It's like worse than L.A., I said, yes, I know. Welcome to Florida. This is the state that is now being currently ruined by the liberal agenda because they've ruined their own states if they're coming here. Anytime you get on the interstate now, you see just about as many out-of-state tags as you do Florida tags. And it's not summer yet, guys, and it's not snowbird season. We're in April. Nothing abnormal is going on right now. What's going on, and this is what's very troubling me, and I think this is why DeSantis is getting so aggressive and outspoken right now. He knows what's about to start happening. He knows what's going to start occurring. This has happened in every single liberal city. Once the city starts being overwhelmed by blues, so to speak, and they start pushing their democratic agenda, which is pretty much the communist party now, they start going in and starting to demand that everybody follows and does exactly what they want them to do, even though they don't have the majority most of the time because it's the main blue cities that flip the states and flip the laws. And this is what we're seeing now, Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Miami – Those are the main key hotspots that almost always turn blue in the state of Florida, and they dictate what the rest of the entire state has to do. That's why it is so important we make sure we maintain a fair election this year in Florida, and everybody continues to get out there and remember what they did to everybody in the last two years and not to make the same mistakes over again. Steve, one of my main sales reps here, he's been working on research and tying in all this stuff together. And worse, I'm going to bring you guys this a little bit later on, probably in a couple of weeks. We're, we've been finding this out, and it's very strange. We've been hearing about remdesivir over the last couple of months because people are really starting to get the knowledge of what it actually does to the body. The clinical trials with remdesivir that were in Africa, they basically had to pull the majority of the participants off of it. I've talked to you guys about it in detail. Well, as we're starting to find out now, we know that Remdesivir got approved for emergency use authorization in May twenty twenty. What's interesting about this now? In May and June of 2020 is right when they started to say the hospital beds are overwhelmed. People are on ventilators. Everyone's dying. We're now starting to find research that essentially the vast majority of people that we're finding out, just a small amount that we've been able to find the research. We've got to dig in way deeper in this to make sure it's a correlation that it's possible. It's possible that the remdesivir was used from the very beginning. To make the pandemic do exactly what they wanted to do. And the vast majority of people that went into the hospitals did not die from COVID. They died from remdesivir.
1: That's exactly the stuff, right.
0: The stuff literally goes in, it grenades your kidneys. At the same time, they have you on an IV, okay? You got fluid buildup. Your kidneys stop functioning. What happens then? Lungs fill up with fluid. Once the lungs fill up with fluid, they say, oh, You've got bacterial pneumonia. You basically have COVID-induced bacterial pneumonia. Put them on a ventilator. They put them on a ventilator. They were dead three to five days later. We've heard the story. I've heard it literally hundreds of times now. We're now starting to see that remdesivir may have been from the very beginning the main culprit, and it was never supposed to be approved under any circumstances, according to the clinical research. But they gave it EU emergency use authorization in May under Fauci's watch, with the FDA also looking at it because they said it was an antiviral that was going to work when. In reality, it was one of the worst antivirals in all the clinical studies, yet they gave it usage, and we're finding out. Now, a lot of people got it at the very beginning of the pandemic, but again, we have to do more research in this before I give you concrete evidence. But it appears to me and a lot of other people, this entire thing was staged from the very beginning to kill as many people as they could and blame it on an upper respiratory virus that did not do what they wanted it to do because the vast majority of Americans still – have a strong, robust immune system because they take care of themselves. A lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them do with the natural immune supplements. And that's why I was so glad to see people stacking up on vitamin C and D3. But we're going to do more research on this, guys. But if this is actually true, and these guys were involved in this, and Fauci was at the very top of it, all the way from building the virus to bringing it over here and allowing it to go out to allowing remdesivir to be released and pushing that it was the only option to be used in the hospitals from the very beginning – Guys, this isn't just criminal. This is basically this is – we're talking about this is full-blown Mandela, so to speak. I mean this, this is
1: this, – Genocide.
0: This, this is genocide, yeah, at the highest mm-hmm. levels. So we're going to do more research on it, but I know you've looked at it too, Dad. We're all starting to find the same correlation that's getting very, very creepy the more we dig into it, man.
1: Well, the, the reality is it was, it was developed at Fort Detrick. It, it destroys kidney function and it was full cascading organ failure after 10 days. I mean it's a horrible, horrible product, and they know that. And they use it under emergency youth authorization again. And, and you know, and so I personally think that this virus is real. I think that people actually can get it and get sick, especially if they got comorbidities. But then just to put the pudding on the cake, I guess you could say, they basically give these people Remdesivir, which basically causes them to go into cascading organ failure to get the death rate higher, to force the kill shots, to get more people injected with nanotech, to get more people injected with more damaging effects of the spike proteins and the doggone razor blades, you know, that we have in there, the the graphate graphene hydroxide. I mean it's a whole thing it's whole things about reducing the population of the planet that's what's always been about and I, I personally think that a lot of this stuff has been completely and totally staged and i think you're right i think the people who took the, the vitamin c the d3 the zinc that's why they never promoted it that's why you never heard anybody at the highest levels promote d3 c zinc no you didn't, you didn't hear any of that Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin they were made illegal and doctors are losing their licenses for doing this for giving people vitamin c they were being charged and losing licenses i kid you not I know multiple people and that some of the one of the doctors was charged criminally because he promoted vitamin D charged criminally. I mean, this is unbelievable because they're, they're trying to take all of the natural protocols that build the immune system to stop you from going in the hospital, stop them from giving you remdesivir away from you. Now, I want to go back to one other thing Austin was talking about, too. Back in the 60s, I can relate to this because if I was there. The, uh, the civil rights movement was huge. And don't get me wrong. I'm not making this that the civil rights movement was wrong because it was right. What they did to black Americans in the 50s and the 60s in the South was an absolute abomination. It was awful. I remember I remember seeing black water fountains, white water fountains, white laundry, black laundry. I saw all that as a child. And yes, I'm that old. And 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 the crazy part about it is is that needed to get changed. It had to be changed. It really, really did. But the Communist Party is the one that really pushed Dr. Martin Luther King upon the population. But I'm not going to get into all of that stuff because I'm not going to do that because he did make some pretty good speeches. But I'm not going to touch him today. I'm just going to leave him alone because what they want to do now is they worked with that agenda with Barack Obama to destroy race relations of the United States. If I had a little boy, his, he would be like Travon Martin. They don't tell you that he, Travon Martin is six-foot-two martial arts experts in fights and MMA fighting and basically had Zimmerman down on the ground, pounding his skull into the ground, about to split his head open and kill him when Zimmerman shot him. Okay, but they show a picture when Travon Martin was 12 years old, at old mill photo. Okay? They want division. Now they're pushing the transgender mess. And then not only is this part of their worship to their snake god, it's also part of of what they want to do is causing more and more you know, division. They want to cause as many people to stand against each other as they possibly can to cause as many people to fight. So I talked about on Wednesday. I said, look, we've got to stand together. You know, If you like 90% of my show, I get an A, right? If you like 90% of what Austin says, he gets an A. Don't get all wrapped up in the, the, the 2 or 3% you don't like. I mean, I've got so many people that I've listened to on a regular basis that I agree with about of what they say. But the rest of it, I don't. I just wash it out and say, well, whatever. I mean, I don't agree with that. I take, I glean what I like and I and I I form my own opinion. That's called, you know, your ability to think for yourself. I want to say one other thing, too, about Austin, about entitlement. And he's right. You know, and Jim Rohn did an excellent job on talking about this as far as personal development. If you walk into a job for an interview and you're 20 or 30 minutes late and it's a formal institution and you're wearing flip-flops and a tank top – you know, and you basically walk in, and, you, and you've got your face pierced out, and you got a mohawk haircut, and it's green, uh, and you know, and you're going to be meeting general population. They're not going to hire you in most cases unless the person who's hiring you looks like you, and they've got a mohawk haircut, they got a tank top, and they basically have face piercings. When you segment yourself like that, and you start using filthy language, you start being late, you start dressing sloppy, you start getting facial piercings. You keep taking a bigger and bigger chunk of your prospective audience. Let me give you an example. When I'd walk onto a platform in a stadium and I had 40,000 people in attendance. So they're all business people. They're in coats and ties. And I walk out and I'm in a coat and tie. I had to dress as well as they dressed when I walked out there because I needed to be able to relate to them. If I'd have walked out in flip-flops or barefoot in a swimsuit you know, or let's make it even worse. How about a Speedo? I'm wearing a Speedo out on the platform now and that's all I've got on. 90% of the people would have just gotten up and walked out. They just left. They would have started booing me and told me to get off the platform. Okay, When you do that, you segment the market. But what they're doing is they're causing more and more and more fractures in the social fabric. This is all part of the Frankfurt School and mind control and groupthink control. They're trying to make you think that these people that want to dress like that or who want to have sex with little children are normal. They're not normal. They're perverts. They're weirdos. So, I learned a long time ago: if you want to have the largest response from a seminar that you do, you have to be as much like the people that you're talking to as you possibly can. Otherwise, they find a reason not to like you. Remember this: if you speak to a hundred thousand people at a seminar or on a talk show, and you know, they're, and they're they're brand new, you know, 20% no matter what you could do, or 25%, they're not going to like you. 25% can be made to like you. 25% can like you they can learn how not to like you and 25 percent are always like you the whole key is to get the largest group of people that you possibly can when you do a show now the way i look at it is i bring in jesus christ all the time because that's the most important thing in my life because i realize without christ we don't have a chance but that also segments me doesn't it i've got a lot of people say well if you didn't talk about jesus all the time i listen to the show my response is always this go listen to the show i don't care because that's where my convictions are think about what you do and how you affect people it's very important i was i was the other day i was out and i I met this guy and we were talking and and he just every other word out of his mouth was just it was filthy and and i thought myself wow does he not have any different does he not And and he was a psychiatric nurse i'm not making it up he's a psychiatric nurse and i thought well you've been relegated to the to working with psychiatric patients who can't complain about your filthy mouth that's what i thought but the reality is Think about how you affect other people. People say, well, how do you affect someone? You say, well, I don't realize and My response is always, that's obvious. Think through it. They're trying to divide us in every way they possibly can. They're trying to create the transgender mess, the gay mess, this pedophile mess, trying to make it normal with us, and they're trying to turn it into another civil rights issue to make legislation against us not liking it. This is no good. They're trying to destroy the United States of America. Stand your ground. And remember, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Lord God Almighty, the great I Am, he's talked about this stuff, about men wearing women's clothes and women wearing men's clothes. He's, he forbids it in the Bible. It's an abomination to Him. Remember that. Always follow God's word. Remember, God loves you. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Awesome. Finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday.
0: Well said, my friend, and it's absolutely right. I mean, you have to be careful with a child's identity. You're absolutely right. You've got to let them grow naturally and develop naturally. But this whole idea of saying, well, you have to be accepting of it because we're going to teach them this and we're going to shove it on them every single day. They're in school five days a week. And if you don't like that because you're not allowing them to bake their own identity, well, then you're a homophobe. Well, Let me ask you a question. Would they be choosing this identity? Would they be going this direction if you weren't shoving it down their face every single day, five days a week? It's a million-dollar question, and the answer is absolutely not. Children can be indoctrinated so easy because they don't live in a reality-based lifestyle when they're, you know, when they're they're that age. They're four, five, six years old. Everything's a fantasy to them. So you have to allow them, yes, to develop their identity. Yes, you have to support their, you know, basically their um, their self-esteem and encourage them and give them positive affirmations and help them grow and teach them biblical ways. Absolutely, and let them kind of learn things on their own as they go and kind of, you know, okay, there's a bump stop here, here's a bump stop there, kind of go this direction. Absolutely. But sitting there saying that we should be able to indoctrinate your children in the privacy of our schools by ourselves, talk to your children about sex and sexual orientation without you present, and you shouldn't be able to say anything about it, guys, it's not very difficult to see where they're headed with this. It's not very difficult to see at all. It's actually quite clear on the wall what they're trying to do. So continue to stand up and stay firm, especially for these young children. Continue to stay prepared as well. If you guys need anything, healthmasters.com. Got a lot of different stuff going on. Got a few different sales specials. We're going to be changing up over the weekend with the vitamin C powder on sale as well. and Also, the product of the week. You guys need to vote for what you want to see when. It looks like the magnesium brain food. Is getting pushed pretty hard that's one of our top selling products that we have very good for the vascular system very good for the brain and mental functioning also very good for the heart so be sure to check that out and a lot of people say it helps out with muscle cramps and that's one product that I use pretty much every single day while I'm training in the gym is the muscle blast with the HGH stimulate and the magnesium brain food makes a great cocktail to drink while you're working out throughout the whole workout it helps out with muscle endurance because I promise you my friends it's very important that everybody continue to keep your bodies and your immune system strong right now. Keep your endurance good. You know, you don't necessarily have to be going in the gym and beating yourself up, you know, six, seven days a week but at least be exercising at least three to four days a week and maintain some overall health and agility and stretching. That's very very important because there's going to be a time very very soon where a lot of us are going to have to stand with one another and stand up for what we truly believe and stand by our convictions and we're all going to be held accountable. We got to be able to support one another and stand up and not be out of breath when we walk up one flight of stairs. Just throw that out there. Don't don't send me emails. Don't yell at me. I'm just being honest with you guys. So thank you again for the support of healthmasters.com. If you guys guys need anything be sure to give us a call 1-800-726-1834 enjoy the hagman show a lot of different topics we talked about including disney and while it's really important my friends that we vote with our wallets right now with a lot of these things that are going on y'all have a blessed safe awesome weekend stay strong stay alert stay awake. have a good time and we'll talk to you again on this show monday as always